over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 14 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. And welcome to my house. Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Well, we're here every Saturday morning to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. No matter where you are in the great state of Arizona, doesn't matter what you're trying to do. There's a pretty good chance. I've been there, and I've tried it a time or two, so give us a ring and let us know how we might be able to help you. If you're a regular Rosie on the House Insider, then you're a subscriber to our weekly newsletter that comes to you digitally every Thursday into your email box. And it'll kind of clue you off as to what we're going to be covering this particular Saturday. So you can mark your Saturday and make sure you don't miss it. And for those of you that receive the email, you know we've got a special guest in this hour, Mr. Jim Kowalski from Kowalski Construction. Jim, thanks for carving time out of your Saturday morning, buddy. Always a pleasure to visit with you guys. (laughs) And for people that don't know, we have Arizona Construction legends and i mean your third generation the company's almost 70 years old there's not very many construction companies in arizona that can stand in that same wing with y'all it's kind of sad but it is true (laughs) and uh there's no doubt about it and years ago when i started the business and somebody would tell me that uh, they knew somebody that worked in restoration, I'd say, oh, tell me their name. I know them. There was no question that I knew everybody in restoration. And nowadays, so many new companies come in and go out. I can't keep up anymore. I don't even know the company's names, let alone the people's name behind them. So the climate has changed quite a bit. But as you pointed out, unfortunately, there's not too many people that have had staying power in the industry. And the name is Kowalski Construction, but y'all really specialize in one specific niche. Yeah, that's the restoration. We started in restoration. You got a lot of companies that have converted from construction to restoration, but back uh, when we started, my dad started in the restoration field, and it's been kind of our mainstay all along. And define restoration, restoring what? So, right, and and we do the gamut. uh, from. This isn't kitchen... Uh, cabinet refacing. And that, we get that once in a while, so I appreciate you uh, the clarification on that, right? So we're talking about disaster restoration. So uh, in the event that there's a flood, a fire, uh, we do hazmat cleanup, uh, abatement, whether it's asbestos or lead. Um, we do the um, trauma scene cleanup. We do uh, the water uh, extraction, dehumidification, uh, the restoration as a result of that, as well as the fire, which is pretty common, uh, much much more common than most people think. Before we get into all that, let's talk a little bit about in all of your experience, all of the fires, the floods, the the tree through the roofs, all the restoration, water, smoke, fire damage you've done. What would you tell people about being ready for that? Uh, I, I, pre- prevention and preparation can go so far. And you're absolutely right. <laughs> we do talks all the time, and we uh, help people identify the things that they can do to prepare. Because, number one, human beings, we don't think it's going to happen to us, right? It's never going to happen to us. It always happens to the guy in the news or the guy down the street. That's right. It's not going to happen to us. So we sometimes tend to put things off. It's, it's much like uh, funeral arrangements, right, or a will. How many people have gone out and done that? 
Uh, and there we know what's going to, we're all going to experience <laughs> that, right? There's no getting around that. So, but with the restoration, people just don't think about it. And then they don't realize there's things that they can do. We've got monsoon season coming up. Well, that's, you or know, we, hopefully, we, or maybe. We, we set our home maintenance calendar, uh, homeowner calendar, a year in advance. And we right? thought, you know, about the middle of the monsoon season would be a great time to have Jim on. It's been a pretty boring monsoon Pretty boring. Uh, Tucson's had quite a bit of activity, yeah. so we've been down there a lot. Yeah. But uh, other than that, the Phoenix, we're still waiting. It threatens. It looks like it, but it's not uh, not been present yet. But you know, things like that, people are inspecting their gutters, checking their roots, doing the things they can beforehand because an ounce of prevention, right, goes a long way. And so few people don't think about it until it happens. And... Their, their logic sometimes is, well, we've never had a problem with our roof before. Okay, but at some point you might, and so it's not going to last indefinitely. And doing those kinds of things to ensure that if something does happen, one, it would be minimal, or two, maybe they can prevent it with just a little bit of maintenance up there. Now, there are some things. We have some pretty horrific storms, and so it'll rip a brand-new roof off. And people, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop it when it's going to happen. But a lot of this stuff could be preventable. And so people say, well, why do you go around and, and teach that? Because this is not hurt your business. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> We're there for when it's inevitable. Uh, but if we can help people avoid it, because it's not pleasant to go through. It's, it's not. And how about, how about other preparation? Probably preparation for fire is probably the thing um, uh, that I'd like to get homeowner's attention about just about inventorying and storage of certain things it's not rocket science no but it takes a little commitment to get it done absolutely and you know the one thing that right now is a huge issue is so many people are underinsured pricing has gone through the roof as you all know amen but they don't think about that in terms of their insurance so they haven't updated their insurance coverage and you cannot believe the number of homes that we go into they don't have enough money it's, to it's rebuild. A, it's a 14-year-old it's a policy. Yeah, and they haven't looked at it. They haven't oh, updated it. Oh, man. And so, unfortunately, you know, can we rebuild it? Yeah, there's not much we can't rebuild, but if they don't have the funding for it and it's not provided, there's people that are having to walk away, and they don't have all the funds that they need in order to do. And very few people have a nest egg big enough to cover the, the difference. What so. the potential loss could be. Yeah. I, I like to tell people, look— um, you know, the two things that are probably going to impact you with personal items more than anything is either a fire or a theft. Let's, let's get documented the things you have. And I encourage people, look, get that movie camera. Open the drawers. Absolutely. Record the things that are in the drawers. Yeah. Record the family silver. Record the family jewelry. And most police departments will tell you, don't keep your family heirloom jewelry in the master bedroom closet because right. that's the first place everybody goes. Absolutely. But take picture of the artwork. You know, uh, pull that storage container out from under the bed and film what's in it. Take a couple minutes, and you can do this. In about an hour, hour and a half. Exactly. It's such a daunting task because people think that they have to inventory everything. After a loss, we go in, we video record and inventory every single item in the home. That's a big job. That's a big job. Before, though, we just ask people, like you said, open your closets, open your dresser drawers, go through with a video recorder, your phone. Everybody's got that option on their phone and just get it recorded. It doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't have to be 100%. 
but it goes a long way when when there's a, a, a claim that occurs because some items are totally unrecognizable after a bad fire and so if you if you have at least and we're looking at items and they have no idea what it was at least yeah. they have some sort of a record it's something to jog the memory yeah so that's one thing we'd like to encourage y'all to do. Maybe while we're continuing the rest of this conversation on Kowalski Construction and their role in restoration, maybe the rest of this hour, go ahead and get up. Yeah. Get your camera. You can listen to us and go ahead and get it done, right? You can have it done in the next hour and it'll be done for good. And I, when I do it, I send it to multiple people I can trust. Romy's got copies of Everything filmed in my house, his older sister has it, and it's kept in a couple places. Absolutely. And, and I encourage people to narrate. You don't have to have a rosy voice to be able to do this. Nobody else is going <laughs> to listen to it. But as they're going through and they're talking and then just identifying some of the items as they're doing it as well. So the video is important, but having some audio to accompany that to help further explain what you're looking at. I think will go a long way. And I tell people all the time, take your paper documents, take the things that might melt. Uh, you know, a little fire safe that's rated up to 1,400, 1,800, 2,000 degrees isn't horribly expensive. Right. But don't store it on the floor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And if the fire department shows up. <laughs> and they're rated for one hour, whereas right. all the soot smoldering, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they're yeah, on, the, on the bottom floor. Yeah. And if you do it by room by room even, if you don't have time to do the whole house, do a particular room at a time. So start in the master bedroom and make sense as you go around. And then you can even create smaller video files and do it that way and then maybe make that task a little bit more manageable. Absolutely. Just take it one one step at a time, one room at a time. But don't forget the artwork. Don't forget family heirlooms that are stored back behind this secret place and that secret place. Uh, the jewelry. Uh, uh, but we we tell people a lot. Uh, if you're going to keep jewelry in the master closet, um, go 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 buy a hundred dollars worth of costume jewelry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let them think they got away with something. Right. But but keep the family heirlooms and the valuables out of the master bedroom closet. It is really the first place people go when they break in, uh, and then the second place they go is the the office to try and get all the digital information that they right. can off your computer. So, And don't forget your storage sheds or any other, uh, if you're storing something in the attic. Great uh, call. Place like that that you might have things uh, also. You know, an adverse benefit to this we haven't even really thought or talked about. It was running through my mind is if you ever move, going back through that video and making sure you've collected <laughs> everything. I'm notorious about finding a better spot. Oh, you know, this is a better spot to place this item, you know, and years later i'll be like oh that's where that is i've been looking for that you know mm-hmm. so having that documented on where everything is stored as well you know may help you maybe not even in a moving situation but if you're trying to locate something specific that you don't use on a regular basis uh but you might not have open and, and evident out for anybody just to see that walks in the house homeowners you just can't imagine how much grief it's going to spare you if you'll just take a couple minutes and do the things we've been describing in this last segment but in the future segments of where i want to go now is where we started the conversation about you know what is involved uh, I, I i i am not a restoration expert i that's uh i can remember when i met your dad y'all used to office on 24th street right mm-hmm. down about earl or somewhere uh, we had a we had a client that had a, a loss 
I didn't know what to do with smoke. I walked in. I met your dad. I said, Mr. Kowalski, can you, this is a really good customer. Can you take care of him? That's when I met Kowalski. And that had to be about 1981. Probably, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're back with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction right here at Rosie on the House. Thank you for staying tuned in to Rosie on the House. We're here this morning with Mr. Jim Kowalski, uh, a longtime fellow work associate right here in the Valley of the Sun. And Jim, uh, you know, when people call me, they're so excited. They want that new kitchen. They want that new master bathroom. They want that second-story suite. When they call you... They're not quite as happy. (laughs) They've just suffered a loss, man. But you've got to get in there and make things right. And boy... When I have customers that experience a loss, uh, invariably, you're the first number I give them. But it seems to me, not knowing the industry, it seems to me smoke is the most nefarious, hardest thing to deal with. And a lot of people don't recognize that, and they think they can take care of it themselves. And oftentimes when we get called, they're so eager to see if something can be restored that they'll attempt to clean it themselves and more times than not they end up actually setting the smoke and ruining the item setting it and it makes it really challenging then for us to come in but they of course it's important to them so they are eager to see will this be able to be restored and they can't wait for us so they get in and they start to try to clean it themselves and oftentimes that's the worst thing they can do. Why don't you just take the homeowners that are listening through? What do you do with the clothes in the closet after a fire? Yeah, and so <laughs> the equipment that we have is uh, very highly specialized. So some people make the mistake, they, they think they can just take it to a dry cleaner. It's not the same as the dry cleaner. I have a dry cleaning service that I use for my regular clothes, but I wouldn't take my smoke damaged items to them. So we have very highly specialized equipment uh, that we have to run this through that is designed specifically for smoke damage items. So we do contents, we do clothing, textiles, we do all of that, but it's a whole different process than your normal dry cleaner. So people will sometimes take something, a wedding dress they have, and they're so eager to get it clean, they'll take it to the dry cleaner, and they just can't, they don't have the equipment to take care of it. And when something's important to them, it's something that's on their mind so they want to try to get it addressed but if they don't do it properly they're going to end up uh, ruining perhaps the the item that is most important to them and y'all have the capacity to take the clothing and then y'all y'all actually have the storage capacity to hold it till the house gets put back together right yeah we take everything i mean the amount the amount of storage room y'all have is is pretty impressive right and so we uh (laughs) we we that whole process uh, immediately after what we do is an emergency run uh, cleaning for them for textiles. So the clothing that they want to be wearing right away. Because they walk out that door, everything in the house typically has been yeah. <laughs> damaged. And so they come back in, and they only the clothes on their back is what they have. Uh, so we'll come in and we'll pull the items that are important to them, and we'll process them immediately. We'll put a rush order on that. Uh, we have a, a, a pet program for things bedding for the pets, toys for the pets, things that, you know, that, that because they're displaced also through this process. So everything is inventoried. Everything is photographed, documented, and then processed. And then we identify anything that's non-salvageable. 
we record all of that information for the insurance, for the coverage, and everything that is, we process, clean, and then store for them until the home can be rebuilt and then bring them How back about in. the California King box spring and mattress? Can uh, you salvage you know, those? We can. Can oftentimes. you really? You betcha. I would think those would just be like a sponge for yeah. powder. Just. And, and uh, depending on what was on them uh, to begin with, uh, that sometimes is the case, especially when water is introduced, right? So the fire department comes in, they bring in the hoses, they're there to put the fire out, or if there's a fire sprinkler. And they're not bashful. No, no. And you know what? <laughs> they're not I, bashful. I used to give them a hard time about that years ago, but they got a pretty tough job. They and do. They are crashing through the place trying to figure out what's up. They have no time to think. And so oftentimes people, well, look, they kicked this door in, or they did this or that. Yeah, they're in crisis mode. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get things taken care of. And the joke is sometimes they create more damage than was there. But they save a lot of damage, too. Well, they do. And you hear that argument about fire sprinklers that were mandated 30 years ago, 40 years ago. That, But I, I cannot, maybe maybe because you're more active in the industry, I, I don't have a client that's ever called me and said my fire sprinklers went off accidentally. Oh, we all the time. Oh, uh, they, do they yeah. really? Okay. Uh, uh, right. We just uh, And when you started the show with uh, the fire, the flood, the blood, that, that's a normal day for us, right? We, <laughs> we do about 2,000 jobs a year. So um, to, to our homeowners, it's the first time that they've heard something uh, or it's happened to them. But to us, it's it probably the, the, the several that we've had that week already, right? Well, I don't know how to uh, arm homeowners with enough information about if it ever does happen to call y'all. But uh, you, you, y'all, you, you can always find Kowalski at Rosie on the House on the website. But how about your phone number or, ad, or web address? Uh, so it's super easy for you, www.kowalski.com. And then the phone number, it's 24-7 answered. It's 602-944-2645, answered by a live person every holiday, every minute of the day. Every minute of the day, including evening. So if you're, you know, wake up to water flooding in the home and you need dry out service, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. We have multiple crews on call. We have redundant systems, so it's not one person on call. If that phone isn't answered within a certain uh, number of minutes, it immediately rotates and goes on to the next person so that we definitely dispatch. We have um, a large number of crew members that are assigned to emergency response vehicles every night, and uh, we're available to handle whatever comes up in the middle of the night. Both Phoenix and Tucson markets. Primarily in Phoenix on emergency service stuff, large loss statewide. So uh, we were down there last weekend for a pretty good-sized large loss, and uh, they had some monsoon activity that stirred things up a bit down there, and so we sent some crews down to get that uh, taken care of for them. Hey, y'all, thank you for staying tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we're trying to get you educated to the point of being prepared. Uh, prepared for any loss that you might incur in about around your house, home, castle, or cabin. Uh, we're here with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction, a restoration company I've been associated with and familiar with uh, for about 40 years. So it's always been a, it's always been a pleasure to to, to say, I know the Kowalskis. But the time sure does go by, doesn't it? Oh, man, where did it go, right? 
we were both pretty young young bucks when we, when we started all this. Where we now we've got grandchildren. So we're talking the restoration process. We talked a little bit in the first segment about how homeowners. We would encourage homeowners for somebody like you that's in this every single day, thousands of homes uh, and incidences a year. Let's be prepared, and that's well, really what we tried to cover the first segment. It's 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 worth the time a thousand times over if you'll just do what we were encouraging you all to do to take the inventory of your home's possessions uh, now so we incur a loss we got a call the other night uh, uh, as a matter of fact uh, we, we sent it straight to your office but a, a, a tree had uh, it was a, 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 a good sized ficus tree uh, came down on the house pretty well divided the kitchen and the garage right in half uh, what what are the homeowners that have incurred a loss I mean the first thing that goes through their mind is oh no not me absolutely <laughs> right? and the, then they get a hold of you and what happens next? well the second thing that typically goes through their mind before they get a hold of us is that um, my insurance company will take care of this and so many people wait to hear back from their insurance company or wait to hear uh, direction from their insurance company. They think that the insurance company is in control of the process and they don't mitigate their damages. And their insurance policies are designed to prevent you from inactivity so that, that loss doesn't grow and, uh, and become worse. And so uh, by the whole design of the system, you are supposed to take immediate action and protect your assets. But people are afraid to do that. They don't feel empowered to do that. Most of the time, it's because they are not prepared, they aren't knowledgeable enough about the process, so they'd rather turn it over to somebody else and uh, and take uh, comfort in the fact that, well, they've been through that process before. But I've seen it oftentimes where an insurance company will deny the claim because they uh, they allowed the claim to increase. A tree fell through the house, it's raining out there, and instead of getting immediate action and somebody out there to get that tree off the roof and get that uh, home dried in, to reduce and minimize the damage, they do nothing. And in doing nothing, more water comes in, the, the claim grows, and the insurance company comes out and says, well, it's in your policy that you have to mitigate your damage. They'll tell us, and we argue with them sometimes, no, you have to do something. You know, no, I'm going to wait for my insurance company. I, I urge you to read your policy a little more carefully good. and That's make good sure advice. that you have to do something. I've seen large claims get denied that turn water damages that turn into mold claims because they were waiting for their insurance company, and then the insurance denies the mold portion of the claim. And that's a big expense right there. Oh, boy. And so that when they don't have to remember our number. Kowalski, we may be the oldest and the largest restoration contractor in Arizona, but we don't, we're not a household name. Now, Rosie, now that's a household name. So just remember Rosie and go and use that resource, and then you can find us there. And when you call, we have a live person that will answer the phone, They'll get the basic information from you, and then they'll turn it over to one of our on-call uh, dispatch people who will then call with a little more, get a little more information because it's important for us to understand the size of the loss that we need to respond to. And so quite often uh, a homeowner can get excitable about a loss, and they'll say, my whole house is flooded. All right, we're thinking we got to send three crews down there and get them dried in, and in reality – it was one room, right? But in their world, their, their whole house is flooded. So we ask a lot of specific questions. And sometimes that's irritating to a homeowner that just wants to send a truck, send a person out. 
well, we need to know how much equipment to bring, how many people to send to that uh, and address it so that we have an appropriate response. So we take some time to, to ask them questions, get some more specific information, and then the crews are immediately dispatched. And when we show up, the trucks are fully stocked. All the equipment is there. We're ready to go to work. We're not going to come out and assess the situation and then they come back and get what we need. And we see that all the time. Um, it's emergency response, and we're prepared to go out with whatever we need to do in order to handle that situation, providing we know what we're walking into. And y'all kind of divide your crews. I mean, you have those, I don't know what else to call them. You have that first responder crew. Yeah, yeah. those that, guys are the, adrenaline they're just, junkies. They're just specialists yep. in, in what we were talking about earlier, mitigating. Absolutely. They're the guys Stop that get excited damage. in the middle of the night to get a phone call, right? <laughs> and uh, jump out of bed and take off running. And uh, it takes a different breed. So absolutely, you know, we have found over the years one of the things that uh, everybody has a gift and uh, you're better off putting people into a position where they can use their gift. And so not everybody gets excited about that. So you're right. We definitely have specialists uh, that uh, do the emergency response. So we're incurring a damage. We make the phone call. We get the mitigation team out there. Um, you've got to analyze whether or not the, the home's worth staying in or not. But, you know, we're talking hazards now. We're talking a lot of, you know, Mother Nature-type hazards. But, Romy, didn't you quote on the air just not too long ago that the number one homeowner insurance claim is a broken washer supply line? That's an old stat. I don't know is that it? it's changed, but the the water supply lines to water heaters and dish wa- or washing machines are, are pretty common. Even dishwashers and toilet supplies. People cannot believe how much water a little three eighths inch toilet supply line can pump in a house. But uh, it can unrestricted flow. For uh, <laughs> right, we did uh, we did Hugh Downs' home in uh, Carefree, and uh, it was a toilet water line. And uh, he has quite a large home, as you could imagine. Uh, and uh, it flooded and was he was out of town. The home was unattended. And it made quite the mess out there. So definitely. And those hoses never break 10 minutes before you get home from vacation. They break as you're pulling out the driveway for your 10-day <laughs> vacation. leaving. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt about it. But so, you know, we're... We, connected to a network of restoration contractors across the country. I'm actually the president of Restoration Affiliates, and um, people will say to us, well, you guys can't do very much water. I mean, you live in Arizona. Right. How much does it rain there? I said, oh, you would be surprised, and and that's exactly right. It doesn't require the monsoon to, you know, drop a tree on your roof and flood your house. Uh, Pipes break. We have a lot of underground uh, plumbing here, and uh, over time they can uh, give way and cause flooding. And uh, like you said, the supply lines as well, and they can create quite a bit of damage. And the supply lines, you know, when when we're talking plumbing underground versus in the home, that's always been one of my hesitations with uh, a lot of the builders going to PEX, running it through the walls and up through the roof. Like, what happens if they ever leak? At least with the ground units, you know, copper buried in ground, if there's a leak, it's... It's washing dirt out, and it's not getting your home. Right, right. It'll sometimes bubble up uh, through the slab, uh, and they can be a little challenging to find where the actual break is. But you're right, uh, underground, and uh, we've got it all overhead now. And uh, that, that and, and you know, a nail through the wall, and we have drywall, and people hanging pictures. Uh, we've we've seen nails that were actually uh, during the installation originally that punctured a water line sealed itself 
and, and corroded over time and eventually leaked and caused the damage. And uh, people are amazed by that. But, but it was a result of an incident that was decades old. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, that's fascinating. Uh, it's, so that's a hard water. <laughs> uh, no doubt itself. about it, right? <laughs> that's Arizona for you. Let's talk a little bit more about what's going on during the restoration. Uh, they may or may not be in the house. Correct. Uh, the um, uh, some of the damages are so substantial uh, that uh, that resident has to be displaced, and um, and then when you have a, a large water damage, a hazardous condition like mold or something like that, uh, sometimes it doesn't have to be uh, large scale to force them out of their home, but sometimes it's the hazardous conditions that are there. Um, and sometimes we've got structural uh, instability, a vehicle impact that, that uh, comes through the home. Uh, think, I mean, we've had them drive completely through the home, right, from one side to the other. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that um, where it might not make sense for the, the homeowner to stay in their residence. And so uh, there's, there's the, the displacement, there's all their contents. So what happens when they get displaced? Now, all their contents are there in the home. But they're not in the home anymore, but they need their content. So there's a lot of logistics that have to be addressed during that uh, with anything that they might need to get them set up in a temporary residence while we do the repairs and then get them moved back in. Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction, the Rosie Certified Restoration Specialist in the state of Arizona. Well, it sounds like to me like you're on a first-name basis with mayhem. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, the the uh, the stories you could probably tell about the uniqueness of particular claims would you? And we, that would be another whole broadcast. Absolutely, we, we keep we saying we could have fun with that. We're one. Gonna, we want to write a book, and I, there's never time to do it. But it would be quite the book. And you know, that's the whole thing. It's hard because uh, we have to work with our staff on on empathy and understanding. To a homeowner, it's their first rodeo, right? They, they, this has never happened to them most of the time. They've had one claim. And we come in, and this may be our fifth one this week, right? And so we still have to try to work with the guys to help them understand, uh, to be able to walk that homeowner through the process and not take for granted that they understand what we understand. So it's a constant lesson for us to be able to hold their hand and help them realize what the next step is, how the process works, their role in it, which most people don't understand. And uh, in Arizona, it's their choice who they want to, to rebuild the house. And I tell people, I'm not saying we're the right company for them. I don't know that. We might not be. There might be another company. I had a, two elderly ladies that lived together, and she, a, a competitor, lived in her neighborhood. And she said, he said that he would stop by my house every single day and, and check on the progress <laughs> in the morning and in the evening. Uh, because he lived in the neighborhood. I said, well, good luck to you. I'm not going to move into your neighborhood to get the job uh, and wish them well, right? So, But the, the homeowners need to find out uh, they're involved in the process and not just leave it up to their insurance company to pick a company for them. You know, Gary, I can imagine I would have to take some special training to be the receptionist at Kowalski Construction because when the call came in, my 16-year-old new driver just took the F-250 through the side of the house in and now parked in the living room. I'd have a hard time not giggling. 
I, I, and you, you don't want them getting <laughs> I did a job in uh, Sun City once where it was uh, my husband bumped the wall with the golf cart. And when I got there, the golf cart was in the house. And I said, what, did he catch air at the curb? He was going so fast. I mean, you know, the, the, we hear the the, uh, the stories, and, and uh, it's so funny that sometimes it doesn't mirror reality. Oh, man. You'll, you'll be giggling for a short time. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of sinks in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Was anybody hurt? Is everybody okay? Well, that's kind of funny. Uh, and then Jim would walk in and fire me. <laughs> All right. We'll be back wrapping up with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction right here at Rosie on the House. All right, our final segment here with Jim Kowalski of Kowalski Construction. Fire, water, uh, mold restoration specialist, basically any kind of damage that could occur to your home. You guys have teams and crews trained to bring it back into uh, manageable living space. Yeah, we call it the pre-loss condition. So uh, that's uh, that's our goal. And oftentimes we tell people it'll be better than it was because the paint will be fresh. The drywall will be new, right? So uh, we're not upgrading anything, but just the fact that it's all new uh, oftentimes leaves them in a situation where it's actually better than it was before. And if somebody took this opportunity to do an upgrade, does that work or are you guys, that's completely separate? No, we bring it back to pre-existing condition and then you've got to go find a general contractor to no, bring it we, to. No, we definitely work with them on, on those because it makes a sense to do it right during that time. Sometimes that's a barrier to progress because people might not have been thinking about an opportunity. All of a sudden here we have this construction project in their home now that they didn't plan on. And then they start thinking, huh, oh, if you guys are here, what about this? What about that? And so um, we walk them through that process and we integrate any of the plans that they may have along with ours. Now, having said that, it's important to note that the insurance is not going to pay for those upgrades and the insurance is not going to allow additional time for the work to be done. So anything above and beyond that is on the homeowner's responsibility. Can we take a minute and just kind of recap lessons learned here? Because I'd like every homeowner to, to really take a few minutes and be prepared. I thought your first tip of read your policy. Uh, make sure you understand. Make sure you're properly insured. Uh, pricing has gone through the roof, and people who haven't had their policy looked at may be underinsured. And so uh, that's the first start. Make sure you have a, a, a good inventory of the items in your home and of the changes people will might remodel they call rosie up say fix up our kitchen they get a brand new kitchen they've added a bunch of value to the home that's right but they haven't upgraded their insurance policy policy. and and i won't put you on the spot but i'll admit at my own company uh in checking homeowner insurance policies what we were quoting per square foot to build a backyard casita in materials that would match your existing house. The square foot price for that casita has doubled in the last decade. And that's why we're running into so many yeah. people that are underinsured. And uh, sometimes, and they don't realize, that the the home 
the reconstruction of the home could exceed the value of the original home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's, the, you know, and you get into hazardous material removal and remediation as a part of the process, and it adds up quick, and it catches people off guard. And if they would take a few moments to go and try to inventory the home, I say a few moments, it's more than that, but uh, it doesn't, it's not a lifelong commitment to get a, get their cell phone out and go through and videotape, narrate some of the items that they have, especially any upgrades that they've done, any of their valuables. After a loss, people oftentimes are confused about what they've had or what they didn't have. And when it's been badly destroyed, it's difficult for them to even identify some of the items. They're at a little bit of a quandary in knowing what they had and what to put on the inventory or not. Oh, just as a personal example, every couple of years, I pull out all my toolboxes, open all the drawers, because I mean I'm constantly, adding, constantly yes. adding tools. I can't. I, if I had a loss in my garage and I had to replace every tool, I couldn't even begin to start a list. Yeah, there would be nearly uh, all inclusive of what's there. So every couple of years, I just put them all out on the garage floor, the rolling tower. I just open all the drawers and film it. So that is a, how it applies to me, but it applies to all of you as well for the same reason. Absolutely. And the other thing, once a loss happens, recognize that you've got to take immediate action to mitigate your loss. And so you need to be proactive in that. And so uh, getting a hold of Rosie on the house, looking up the restoration contractor, uh, getting them out, getting them empowered to take the necessary action to protect the property from further damage is not only wise, it's their responsibility, and so few people understand that. Then after the emergency service work is completed, it is the homeowner's option to choose who they want. And so now you've got a little more time talk with that company that came out that did the work. Are they going to be a good fit for you? Are they a good match for your current situation and your needs? And and feel that process out. Don't just rely on the insurance company's recommendation on their preferred contractor because that may not be the right fit for you. Only you can decide who the right fit for you will be. Couldn't thank you enough for taking your family time on a Saturday morning coming in to help us educate the Arizona homeowners just about what a little prep can do. And uh, should you incur a loss, take a breath. Just take a breath. Uh, Let's make a couple of appropriate phone calls. You are in control. Just just know that. Uh, Get a hold of the right people. Let's get the mitigation team there. And uh, the the uh, the dawn will break tomorrow morning. Well, it sounds like you might be applying for our receptionist position we have here, <laughs> Rosie. That was well said. <laughs> I'd giggle too much. Oh, terrific! Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, here with Jim Kowalski. Jim, why don't you give your phone number one more time? Area code six zero two nine four four two six four five. Kowalski.com. And there are a lot of restoration companies in town and across the state. Um, I can tell you that Kowalski's Rosie Certified, and they're Rosie Certified for a very good reason. Uh, If you ever find yourself in need of this kind of a service, they're the place to call. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm contacted all the time. And the first thing I do is I direct them straight to your office. So thanks for being that resource for me and for the Arizona homeowners. We appreciate our partnership. Thank you, Rosie. 